the fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire. Today, I kind of want to talk about the way that technology is used. When we talk about technology specifically, I want us to focus on the smartphones, the use of video games, social media, iPads, computers. TVs. Television, yes, Mm. which we don't watch as much as we used to, but we still watch it. And, you know, just how that is uh, impacting life today. In it. Yeah, I mean, look at it. It's changed significantly from when we were kids. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because one of the things that when we first moved into the neighborhood we're in today, I mean, we used to like to just go out and throw the football or, or, you know, throw throw a baseball or something like that. And usually kids would come out Mm -hmm. and then you start throwing it to the kids in the neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. then next thing you know, the neighborhood would be full of kids outside playing, doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can tell you how many times I've gone out in the front Throwing the you know ball even to Devin when Devin was you know, she's like Dad I don't Devin's know if I, our daughter our daughter yes mm-hmm. uh, Dad I don't know if I want to throw the football anymore you know? <laughs> I'm go, tired go My deep baby go deep you know <laughs> and uh, and hoping again to just draw people out and it's amazing to me how the streets are so quiet right. compared to when we were young mm-hmm. I mean there when in the neighborhood I grew up in we had twenty guys out on the streets playing stuff all the time mm-hmm. and now they're quiet and 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 these and people have time. People have basketball hoops. Everyone's got all the stuff you need, mm-hmm. but they're not doing it. And I think technology has a lot to do with that stuff. You know, my first thing is, you know, I know technology has been a blessing, so we, we want to acknowledge the fact that it's it's done some good things for us too. But how can it also be a temptation? I mean, how can it actually become a distraction in our life? Well, there's a lot of reasons for it. But one of the things I did notice, just going back to the street view that you were creating right now, the scenery is is quite different. The energy is different on the street. Whenever I watch the kids coming back from, you know, the bus stop, right? Mm -hmm. You used to see them playing, running, playing chase, right? Even on their way home. Just it was always engaged in some kind of imaginative, physical interaction, social interaction. Now you see them walking with their cell phones. Right. And even the boys, you know, they, if they're if they have their heads buried in the cell phones, uh, for sure the girls do, and they're not even talking to one another well, anymore. I love, uh, yeah, I love that word you used. That you know, it used to be in an imaginative uh, way home. It was. You know, in fact, I remember when I was a kid getting off the bus because I took a bus for a little while, and oh, uh, I getting did too. off and 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 I could see my buddies. They were outside, kind of waiting for me to get mm-hmm. home. Oh my gosh, you're mm-hmm. home. Let's go. Let's go do it's this. Exciting. Go do that. Now it's like, uh, you, like you said, everyone's in their own little world, walking back home, and sometimes even parents are coming to protect them on the walk home, and and then everyone goes inside their house. Mm-hmm. So temptation, what's, what's going on here? Well, I think that part of it is, is you know, the kids, they, they've grown up differently than we did, right? We mm-hmm. didn't have, we had television and that was going to be the evil intrusion into our life. And in a lot of ways, I mean, even like with, with radio, when radio came in, people, families gathered around the one radio, right, to mm-hmm. listen to the radio shows. And then television, I mean, you, you were limited on how much you could see. There were, you know, maybe four channels and... 
and then we started getting, you know, that evolved and into cable, and you had more options, more options. And so everyone's in their own rooms, and and also you had different television sets in every room, and everyone had their own television set, further separating us. And now we have, you know, our own cell phones, and we have our own computers, which allow us to do whatever we want to do without anybody else interfering with it. And we can. There's you know, a reason why they call it the iPhone. <laughs> That's true. No, yeah, the me phone. They should it call is the it the me, me phone. phone. <laughs> but it's true, though. But here's the thing about the me phone. It really is kind of like a a silent a captor, right? Because the thing of it is, is you can engage it and you can't, you have the ability to navigate. So in a way you think, oh, I'm getting to look at these and explore these different avenues. Well, for girls, it's going to be a lot of things are going to be, uh, because we are such a uh, aesthetically focused uh, society and, and what is the current you know, ideal of beauty. So the girls are going to be looking at all those beauty things, right? And trying to use their filters to make themselves look and appear to be the same as those, uh, you know, definitions of beauty. Yeah. And so we're, we're engaging socially, but not really. Well, we cre- we're creating a world, and then in some ways, once we create it, we can't get out of it. Well, it's and, and, really and sometimes it's not even a world that we're really a part of. Well, you know, you, you pointed out about television, what it, I remember when television was young, <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> dates me a little bit, mm-hmm. but- you know, it was Black supposed. And white. It, it was it, right. It was supposed <laughs> to be this thing that we were rabbit it was, ears. It was actually I was the rabbit ears. My father used to tell me, "Stand here." Now the football game is coming in better. You know, but you know, I remember when they said it's going to give us all this, you know, information, and we're going to have all these documentaries and all these yes. kind of things. Robert Putnam wrote a book called Bowling Alone. Yes, and he literally blames television. Now this is a sociologist, you know, and his point was he's done all this this research, and in the fifties he said. People were out living their life. Mm-hmm. They were living. They were part of things. They weren't bowling alone. They were in leagues. They were voting together. They were going to church together. They were having dined, you know, all these kind of things. Uh, that one comedian who talks about people dropping over for, you know, cake and coffee for, you know, Entenmann's, co- you know, <laughs> and, and how people were like, oh, come on over. He said, and suddenly overnight, all those indicators fell off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And he said, because we now started looking at TV, and TV was different than radio because mm-hmm. radio you still used your imagination. Mm-hmm. Now this you would create your you'd scene. create your scene, and then you'd want to go out and replicate it outside. Mm-hmm. Now TV said we're bringing it all to you. You just sit there as a passive agent. Well, mm-hmm. technology's made us even more dependent on that. We're watching other agent. people. Live. live their life. That's what we're doing. We're watching other people live. And that, I mean, now you think about, I mean, it's con- we're flooded with it, right, through the iPhones and through all of this other technology. So here are some of the things that as a counselor and a clinician, some of the, the studies and the debates going on right now is how much is too much? Mm-hmm. Because we believe that there's different changes that take place within the brains and emotions and stability. And of course, we know the physical changes that take place whenever uh, kids get addicted or playing video games for too much and for too long. But let me say this. So one of the biggest things has been, you know, with educators saying that maybe violent behavior in children has been stimulated or overly stimulated through playing different video games. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that some of the researchers have found out is that there is a significant increase in depression uh, and loneliness with and social anxiety with kids that are really addicted to some of these uh, this technology. Um, it keeps them from engaging with others, and it doesn't allow them to develop 
uh, real skills that are necessary for them to have real-life, strong relationships. It, it creates a social deficiency in them. So one of the articles that came out, I think we were talking about earlier, was uh, it was from Business Insider. It was talking about how some of these CEOs in um, Silicon Valley, like Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, you know, right, right. Sundar Pichai, um, and the CEO of Snapchat, uh, Spiegel, and others do not allow their children or allow them very little time. Yeah, an hour a day or less. Well, one of them uh, was saying uh, Spiegel, who is the CEO of Snapchat, which is the largest social media platform, the one that's used by more young people, he and his wife only allow an hour and a half per week. And so that, honestly, that tells you something. First of all, that's like a, a friend of ours used to work for Frito-Lay, and they used to talk about yeah. how they wouldn't eat their own products, but right. they wanted to make sure that it was a, a way dip. to get us to <laughs> not have Frito-Lay sponsor us. Thank no, you, No, I'm just honey. teasing. I love, I love my Fritos. You will never take my Fritos. Well, they're necessary my... for chili, okay? <laughs> uh, I repent of that. <laughs> anyway, but um, the, the lie of technology is that the more data we have, the better. So if we have access to data, isn't that what Google says? Access to information. Now, the question is, do you have the capacity to deal with the information? Do you have the, the presuppositional understanding of what that information is and how you can sift through it? And, you know, the Bible says the fool says in his heart there is no God. Mm-hmm. So basically, you could have all this data coming at you and you could be... Uh, foolish, Mm -hmm. even with all the data you have. Mm -hmm. And so that's the temptation. I think the temptation is that once we have all this information, somehow we'll be better people. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily. In fact, it can be very destructive to you to have information you can't handle or can't deal with or can't go with. I mean, you you know, it's funny because I go back to when we were raising our daughter. Mm -hmm. You would not let her have a TV in her room or the computer in her room. She always had to come out and be part of the family to do that. Or those games. Or the games, right. And, we're and, not a game or and, family. And, 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 no, we're not. <laughs> and I almost did. Remember back when I was starting to get used to those games, and I loved them because— The more I learned, the, the happier I am that I put those restrictions. No, you did, but you were not a popular person in the house at that the time. That was okay. I'm a parent. I'm not a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at that, and I say, yeah, so here they're the very creators of this technology mm-hmm. are telling us, again— uh, it needs to be used properly. Mm-hmm. And yet w- what we're seeing is it's an addictive thing in so many people's lives, and it's being used um, without any restrictions in a lot of ways, right. you which know, is very t- destructive. It is. And in 2007, Gates, who was the CEO, of, you know, former CEO of Microsoft, he came out and said that his family policy was not to allow his kids to have their own phones until they were 14. Well, today the average American child gets a phone, their first phone, at 10 can you well, imagine putting that kind of information in the hands of your child? And again, the idea of children going through a process where they're mature enough to handle the kinds of things, the vulnerabilities, the uh, um, the, the kind of intimacy that comes with being able to, you know, the things that kids do and say to each other, the doxing and all the stuff that happens today, we're now putting those in the hands of kids who don't really even understand the moral ramifications to some of the things they're doing. And yet right. we're, saying, we're assuming that if they have more data, they'll figure it out. Not necessarily. They might make a cage they can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of us, it's, it's true of all of us too, actually. You can be an adult in the same problem, I think. Right. And one of the things I think it's really important to, for parents to understand, since we, you know, we are a family program, we're trying to help parents, right, mm-hmm. and family, um, is it's for them to understand that adolescents who spend a greater amount of time on social media and electronic devices like smartphones are more likely to report he- mental health issues than adolescents who spend more 
time on non-screen activities like social interaction, like things like sports, um, homework, print media, and attending religious services, they're much more likely to be healthy and not report, okay, you're going to say something. Go no, on. that's right. They, got a con- <laughs> they have a context for how to deal with this stuff. That's they right. They have a context for how to deal with all the data. Or they can even say, you know what, that's boring. I want to go outside and play. Right. Uh, which is what we would have done back in the day. Well, actually, we didn't. I remember my grandfather saying on Saturday morning, saying, you kids get outside. It's a beautiful day. Quit watching these cartoons. You know, we would have sat <laughs> yeah. and watched cartoons and ate sugar cereal till we, till oh, noon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah boys. <laughs> yes, boys. <laughs> well, you know, how can we become more informed and why does this matter? I mean, you, you were just talking about that, too. It matters because relationships help you sift through data. They give you skill sets. And... Right. And one of the things, one of the reasons it matters is because it's, you know, when we talk about addiction and, uh, you know, what I mean by addiction is overuse of this technology, right? Because people tend to cope with emotional distress by playing online games, okay? And, but excessive use of that separates the individual from real relationships and it causes even more mental uh, health problems that are more severe, like extreme depression. Uh, and again, it loneliness can come from that because we withdraw whenever we're depressed. We don't want to engage with other people. So we start playing again to distract ourselves, which again, continues to drive us even more and more into our self-isolation and our the relationships that we did have begin to deteriorate. So, you know, then we can, that leads into social anxiety and we have even more anxiety and it's just this big cycle that keeps going round and round and round. So, you know, it's really important for parents to understand that limiting the use of early for their children and to set those kinds of criteria are very, very important. Well, and I think what happens, too, if you're a kid, and I, it's been a little while since I was, but I think I can remember back some <laughs> well, of the- You still act f- like one. Well, that's true. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, forever young. Yes. Um, but, you know, there is a, there is a frustration. I, I remember even when my mom and dad used to say, you know, I would say, oh, I'm bored. And they would say, well, that's your problem. You know, because the whole point about boredom is you're, I'm not getting what I want you people to give me. Right. And there's a point where you've you got to be the one that answers that question for yourself. And so finding things that interest you, that finding things that, that spark your imagination, well, yeah, it takes work. But once you start to do that, and you become this inquisitive child, mm-hmm. man, then the world opens up to you. And I think that's exactly what the Bill Gates and the Jobs and those kind of guys are saying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're saying, hey, that's how it happened for us. We, we were the kind of people that tore things down and built it back up and kept asking questions. And we'd rather be inquisitive of the world rather than to have some guy give us a prepackaged thing that says, here's how the world works. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, that's what childhood is all about. But even as adults, we got to be careful that we don't get sucked in. Right. To and this kind of thing. Exactly. And, you know, we, in my family, would they say, if you, if you came in and said, I'm bored, then they would say, well, you're a boring person. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you gotta but, love family, right? I know. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is really, you know, how can you be bored? You know, and yes, I mean, you can explore things through technology. Yes, you can, but you still really need to limit it and use your imagination. Well, it's a certain way of, of accessing information. So that's, that's my right. point. And there's there's always something beautiful. Um, gosh, I think C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, you know, sometimes you have to go out in nature to see what the color green really is like. Yeah. If you're always painting it yourself inside, eventually it becomes a blur of all the other colors. So you always go back outside and you see how God kind of draws you into the beauty that he's created all around you. Well, one of the, since you brought that up, I was not going to talk about that until we talked about some of the solutions and strategies, but actually reconnecting to nature like that and to the greenery. And, you know, there's something about grounding. It's called grounding, right? Mm-hmm. Reconnecting to earth and to to na- nature. So one of the things that we found, because we do see that, that there's this disconnect and, and this weakness of being able to read social cues 
with people that are spending an extraordinary amount of uh, technology, they miss things that are nonverbal communication. They don't understand that maybe there's a, such a thing as social distancing to, a, and I don't mean the COVID social distancing, I'm saying appropriate distancing, and you know, not getting so close to someone's private space, uh, how to engage somebody. They miss these cues. So one of the things that they've noticed and uh, through these studies that they've been doing with the, the kids, typically around sixth uh, grade and uh, up to 18, is they take them out to these environments and they set them free and they disconnect them. And they do pre-tests and post-tests and they give them five days uh, in nature Mm -hmm. where they don't have any engagement with technology at all. And then they give them a test again and they've seen vast improvements in these kids' ability to read nonverbal cues, to understand tones, to pick up on things that they otherwise just missed. Well, you know, one of the reasons why, it just just sparked my imagination when you said it because the, the thing you're holding in your hand, once you start using it, it tailors its response to you. Right. So it, it, be, it in some sense, it doesn't bring you more information. It brings you the information it thinks you seeking. want. Uh-huh. Nature doesn't do that. Nature right. does what it does. It throws and you, at you, you what it, it throws, throws at whatever, you. And you have to figure it out. And so part of it is you're a little bit afraid. What's it going to throw at me? You're not sure what's going to throw at you. So you become a mu- much more aware of your surroundings. But then you see things you never saw before. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, a, again, showing how, you know, when God puts us into the world, we don't make the world our little playground. We try to be God's agent in the world for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the temptation, I think, going back to what we were f- talking about at first, is that this allows us to create our own little world. Mm-hmm. And like you said, radio didn't really do that. TV, only four channels. Now we have our phone that can do everything we want, right. and it tailors itself to us. Well, if we're sinful people by nature, that usually doesn't turn out very well. Mm-hmm. So what do you think we can do to be more informed? And why do you think that maybe parents are unaware that there's such a thing as having too much technology use? Um, why do you think that's going well, on? Well, first of all, I, I do go back to the marketing of it. People have this idea that, you know, like Google just gives us information. More information must be always good. And so the more, 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 it'll always be good. No, it, it has to have that proper context of, of how does it fit into a healthy life. Mm-hmm. And again, technology is not going to be the one that gives you that information. There's a That's where, like I said, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, or love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are those foundational things that give us a framework mm-hmm. within which to start to grab some of this information or push some of this information away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the first thing, folks. We, we've got to understand that God wants us to be in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be in relationship with one another. And technology, if it serves that, mm-hmm. fine. Great, yeah, If great. it doesn't serve that, put it in its proper place. And I think because we're such a fast-paced uh, society, you know, we, we and we want our children to also be, you know, intelligent, right? So we think, oh, if we put them into uh, understanding how to use a cell phone and how to use an iPad at a young, early age, they're going to be, you know, just these really super intelligent human beings. And we kind of unintentionally use it as a babysitter. Well, that and we too. don't really engage with the kids, you know, uh, because we're just trying to take a breather. So it gives us kind of like, oh, takes the monkey off our back. We don't feel quite as guilty, right? But here's another thing I want to consider. You were talking about marketing. You know, it's not a coincidence that Google has made a push into the schools through Google Sheets, Google Dots, and, you know, learning management suite, you know, Google Classroom, because they know that the earlier that they get into the kids, then the greater the chances and the easier it is for them to become a lifelong habit. We saw this with the tobacco companies uh, years ago. 
ago. Yeah, and we uh, didn't appreciate it with them, and we shouldn't appreciate it with Google either. Or, right, and the fast food chains that, that use uh, kids' meals. Well, right? here's here's something to think about. I was talking to this one guy, I don't know, several years ago, and he said most kids today, if the food was not on the shelf at the store, they would starve to death. Mm. So with all their technology, with all their abilities and all that stuff, they can't feed themselves unless... Uh, you know, he said, but in my generation, if if that didn't happen, there's ways we knew how to take care of ourselves and even survive. Mm-hmm. And so you think about, like, our, our, our grandfathers had these incredible skills. They could build things. They could grow things. They could uh, find ways to take care of themselves. They didn't they weren't dependent on a lot of those kind of things. We're now so dependent on these things that if it all shuts down, we're, we're relatively helpless. So the question is, are we a lot smarter today or not? And that is a, I, I think there's a myth out there that if, if we can access all this information through our phones, we are smarter people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. And again, depends on what your metrics are. Mm-hmm. But again, when you start talking about that, um, we, we were meant to be in relationship. I think that's the key to it all and, and putting this thing in its, in its healthy uh, perspective. And limiting its use means I'm going to have to learn how to talk to you. Or I'm going to have to actually learn how to deal with myself. Maybe maybe I am boring to myself. Well, then I might uh, pick up an instrument or I might go outside and, you know, see what... You know, one of the things that you got to me the other day when you love to sit oh, in our no. sunroom and look at these birds. <laughs> oh, you know? every day. She she thinks of them like they're these the, like the gang of the backyard, like the, the gang members. You got the Blue it's Jays gang wars. versus the Cardinals, <laughs> the Reds and the Blues. Listen, feathers are flying feathers every day. Feathers are flying every day. And she'll be out there having her coffee, sitting out there. She's, Greg, you got to come see this. You got to, you know, the, the Grand, war. It's a the grand Dame or, the, or the, the Caesar of the place, you know, the big Blue Jay will fight in. And then and it's just funny, but she's. So it's so interesting. So after a while, I'm like, okay. Hey, I've recorded them. It's real. She's recorded them. <laughs> and then you think about how do they survive the winter, and you start getting very inquisitive. Well, it's because you looked out. Yeah. And I don't care what – you could find a video of this on your iPhone. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as really seeing it in action in the backyard. So limiting your use forces you out of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, the definition of love is to be focused away from yourself. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I, I think that's kind of the thing. Uh, man does not live by bread alone. Jesus says that. And if you use the word bread as all material things, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with the blessings. Oh, my gosh. You know, all the blessings we have. Mm-hmm. But to become so enamored with those blessings as if that's what life is all about, mm-hmm. you're, you're really missing out on life, actually, I think. And, and using that word enamored, I'm going to ch- steal that for just a second because I want to make a, uh, a, give a little bit of information here to parents that maybe have kids that, uh, you know, have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder or, or um, ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or if you yourself have it. Um, I want you to understand that one of the things that we've noticed uh, through the different studies is that uh, individuals who have these disorders have a greater propensity to become uh, more addictive to technology and to develop uh, further disorder symptoms. And males are significantly more uh, apt to become addicted to the video games mm-hmm. and the females to social media. And also, just being single raises increases the uh, chances that we'll be addictive to both social networking and video gaming. So uh, it's even more important then to be more vigilant in how we use it and how long we use it. Absolutely, because it gets us outside of ourselves. It gets us back out into the world. It gets us into our relationships. And again, when it's all said and done, the, the reason why relationships are hard is we're sinful people. Uh, we tend to be selfish and self-centered. I get that. You do. Yeah, I try to work Excuse on that me. with you. I do. I, was I try talking. very hard. <laughs> See? 
there you go. Perfect example. <laughs> but, no, you know, the whole point really. is, is that, you know, I always tell people the reason why the church is the most unique organization in the world is because it, it teaches you to learn to love people you don't necessarily like. Because mm-hmm. God I get... know. I've le- I'm learning that every day. <laughs> <laughs> We're alienating our today. audience like crazy here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because because when you, God gathers people in the church, every other mm-hmm. organization, we choose what we want to do in our yes. in our media. We choose everything, which is why it's so destructive in the end. Because we choose the bad things that we choose, the selfish things, the self centered things. And God says, No, I want you to learn how to love. Mm-hmm. And you have to. You, in order to love, you have to learn to love that which you don't necessarily like. I know. You need to learn how to love the way he loves you. <laughs> but th- but I mean but that's my point. And so oh, that's Lord. technology's danger. The the positive thing it does connect you to other people. It does bring information to you that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to watch YouTube and then go do stuff, you know, that uh, you yeah, see it on you learn and learn yeah. by seeing it. Mm-hmm. But again, put it in its proper place and then realize that you were meant to be in relationship. Right. So as we're getting near to the bottom of our time here, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that I want to, in the question, what can we do for our children and ourselves Mm -hmm. moving forward? We can limit their use, right? And we can be consistent and and routine. Again, remember, children need routine. So that's very important for them to be able to count on something being certain daily. So limiting or having them look forward to when they can use technology is a good thing. Make it a positive uh, engagement instead of a restrictive one. Uh, Introduce them to appropriate uh, activities that allow for face-to-face interaction. And spend time conversing with your children uh, together as a family as much as you can. But I do want to offer hope because there are studies that show that, you know, by doing these things, they can't reverse some of the things that maybe have been delayed socially for the kids and their social development. Well, and again, like I said, you know, once you get someone into the joy, going back to my analogy of throwing the football outside, Mm -hmm. once you get... Which is a good example of something to do. Yeah, once you pull someone back out, you know, uh, I was playing this video game, and then I saw this guy throwing the football. I went out and I ran some routes, and I caught some, and I made some plays, and I threw it. Wow, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, once you, you you can reverse that, right. and you can bring people back into that real world. But again, it's so much easier to go into ourselves on all things. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the things that we do as parents and as friends is we never let people get totally inside of themselves. We always try to say, hey, look out. God's got a lot for you all around you. He's got friends all around you, new people to meet all around you, and uh, he's got a nature that he uh, literally created for you, too, and it's exciting to be a part of that. Yes. You know, don't don't withdraw from that just because you've got something exciting on your screen. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, too, that I wanted to say again, I have so many one more thing I want to say, right? <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm, I'm flooding. I'm telling you, I'm flooding here. But one of the, th- here we go again, one of the things, I'm saying it again. Uh, that, you know, there are things that the kids have learned. So if you do have a child that has spent a, a lot of time playing video games, there are things we found as researchers that kids have grown and had strengthened cognitively by playing video games, especially like shooter games. There's been an increase in spatial um, navigation in reasoning, oh, sure. memory and perception. And also, you know, they problem-solving skills. So those are very important things. And when we think about uh, what this could mean for education and career development, um, you know, that was that's really important for the STEM uh, sciences, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So there are good things. You know, enhanced thinking has been found to be correlated with playing these kinds of video games, but uh, not 
so much so with puzzles and role-playing games, but, you know, specific targeting games. Well, look, just to close from my point of view, too, um, we're not saying this stuff is bad inherent of itself. No, it's no, just no. a means, like anything. You, no, you no. love people, you use things. You use things properly That's right. and within their role, and, and it can be a real blessing. And so, again, it's that idea of I not being— I spend six and a half hours on it every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss you. <laughs> so no, I, it, it, it is. It's good. The but temptation again, but is just there. Drowning and it is not. When the very people who created this technology are limiting it in their own children's lives, that should tell us something. And I think as Christians who knew that we put these things in their proper place, I think we already knew it. That's right. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. (laughs) See See you you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media.